Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to your Business Power Hour, where international public speaker, best-selling author, and executive coach, Orly Amor, will help you build the ultimate power toolbox for your business and increase your bottom line. Here is your Business Power Hour host, Orly Amor. Hello, hello, and welcome to Orly's Business Power Hour. I am so excited to tell you that this is a power hour only because we are bringing guests on the show that are powerhouses, mentors, and public figures to help you get to your maximum potential both professionally, personally, and professionally. I believe in paying it forward, as you all know, so I created the Health and Wellness Network of Commerce with chapters right now in six states and four countries, and we're growing. Many good news coming up as well. We are opening two more countries and a few more states, and it's just amazing how we are changing people's lives every day. At the Health and Wellness Network of Commerce, our mission is to provide a platform for health and wellness professionals, practitioners, and resources to be introduced to corporate professionals, providing a sustainable support system for both. We are going to support and enhance your sustainable business. If you want to know more about how to join this amazing network and just get more exposure for your business, then just visit www.hwncc.com, www.hwncc.com. I am super excited this evening because I am so glad to introduce to you my guest this evening, Iman Khan. He's the co-owner of Red Elephant, and it helps entrepreneurs create memorable events by creating memorable speakers. Their speakers' training is designed to make your speaking skills your biggest asset. It's how you, your attendees become raving fans, fans become clients, and clients become lifelong customers. Whether you have never stepped on a stage before or you are an orator of envy, we can, they can make it happen better, make you more engaging, make you more inspiring, and most of all, more profitable. Please help me welcome Iman Khan. Hi. Hi, Orly. Thanks so much for having me. I am so glad that you're on. I mean, you know, you and I met through a, a third party. Basically, somebody introduced us. And even before that, people used to tell me, have you heard of Iman Khan? Have you heard of the Red Elephant? Have you heard of you uh, heard? And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> but you've got to speak to this guy. You've got to get in touch with them. They do amazing events. You have to talk to them. And I kept on saying, okay, how do I do that? Who are they? And uh, And it so happened that then I was introduced to Ron, and he said, oh, you've got to meet Iman. You've got to meet Iman. And then you and I spoke not long ago, a few weeks back, and clicked over the phone, and I said, oh, my God, I have to have you on my show. And I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for the generous opportunity. And, yeah, uh, that's so flattering to hear that. And, of course, you know, I've heard the same amazing things about you and just what you've done and how you're serving people is really inspirational and amazing for us. So we're just uh, really honored that we get to touch it and be a part of it. Yes, and I might be seeing you tomorrow. This is great, right? <laughs> Oops. Okay. Yeah, hopefully. Anyway, um, yes. <laughs> um, I forget that this is kind of uh, pre-recorded, so um, uh, I say things sometimes that really won't happen. Um, okay, so <laughs> how can I make five- and six-figure paydays through speaking and live events? Now, mind you, uh, my uh, audience are business owners, business professionals. So before we even answer that question, how important is it to have live events and to learn how to speak in public? Uh, I think it's really important. I think as the, I mean, as we all know, the Internet is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. Commerce and business is being done over the Internet today, and that's going to continue to go that way. There's no way to avoid the Internet. But I think what's happening for people, and we've done hundreds of events now where this is the case, but what's happening for people, while they're getting really great information over the Internet, they're able to communicate over the Internet or from behind their laptop. What they're not able to do and they're really craving is to connect. Mm-hmm. Connecting is something that happens in a live event, in person, in a way that people just aren't able to do yet over the Internet. I mean, even if you're Skyping or uh, doing a webinar or a Google Hangout where you actually get to be face-to-face, it's still not the same thing as being live in person with an exchange of energy 
face to face like what happens in an event. So I think it's really uh, just so important. And I think especially as you get into making a bigger difference for people, having your message and what you're really standing for in the world reach more people and connect to more people, mm-hmm. you'll be able to engage them much more successfully and in a way that delivers maximum impact when you're in front of them live at an event. So I just think it's really critical. I think it's so important. And uh, if you look at all the biggest industries and the biggest companies, they do, whether it's Google or Apple or the small entrepreneur who's just starting out and doesn't even have an employee yet, they do their most important work live in front of people, and there's a reason for that. I agree. Um, One of the things that came up to mind while you were speaking is, you know, some people really have not only a fear of networking, and they also have a fear of speaking, and we all know that, you know, the fear of speaking is just as close to fear of death as we know it. So what is it that, you know, you would give as as an advice to someone who does have a fear of networking and saying the wrong thing and of speaking, what would you say to someone that needs to get past that? Well, sure. So there's probably a few different things I would say to them. So the fear of speaking, it's like any other fear we're going to come across in life. It's no different. Um, It does take courage to overcome. And courage is never about not being afraid. Courage, as you know, is about being afraid and then doing what there is to do in spite of your fear. So there's no way really around that. For those people who do have a fear of public speaking, there is going to be a moment where you just kind of throw your hat over the fence and take the leap and go get in front of people, and it'll be the best thing you do because the minute you can do it once, then you can do it again, and you can do it again, and you can do it again. And over time, you develop a muscle that has that fear uh, diminish, if not completely dissipate. The fear, I mean, for me, the fear has gone away almost completely. However, there's still, when I get in front of new audiences or when I get in front of uh, larger audiences that I might not have spoken in front of before, some of that fear always still comes back up. But all there is to do in the moment is to take the action anyway. And I know the listeners of your show are all people who are committed and engaged in their lives, and they're people who can do this. Um, Sorry, you were going to say something. No, no, it's okay. Go on. So that's the first piece of it. The second piece of it is once you're willing to get past that fear, you just got to do it. I mean, you just got to get up there and start doing it. Even if in the beginning you're not sure how, part of the best learning when developing a speaking career comes from the mistakes. If I look back on the hundreds of stages I've spoken on now, and I were to track for you where I learned the most about myself as a speaker, where I learned the most about how to really engage or convert an audience, it was never in the successes. You learn what you learn in the successes, but the failures are where you learn the most. It's in the failures that you develop all the skill sets you need to develop to really be a successful speaker. The mistakes as it relates to speaking, and I think life in general, we all know this, right, but we forget it because we all want to do good and we all want to be really good or be perfect, but uh, definitely it's true to speaking, if not to all of life. The best learning comes from the failures, and as a speaker, uh, I really embrace the failures because I know every time I deal with a sizable failure, it's going to expand my speaking and expand my business and expand my reach to the next level. So the, those are the two things I would say. First is you're going to be afraid and fear is okay, but really you've got to develop some courage to move past the fear. And second thing is, and this is going to require courage again, don't be afraid of the mistakes. The mistakes are all the blessings. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a great start. Um, so if I'm starting out, how can I create a speaker's plan that, that's right for me and where um, where I am in my business? So how does that really fit in? Yeah, so there's a couple of things you'd need to consider. Where do the people who you want to reach, where do they hang out? Where do they network? Where do they socialize? And then those are the places you want to start researching and vetting in terms of uh, speaking opportunities. So 
when we were first starting our business, one of the places in our community in New York that we found pretty much everyone we were trying to attract at that time was hanging out or attending for networking was BNI groups. A lot of our first set of clients came from BNI groups. So what we did was we found people who we were already networked with that belonged to BNI groups, and we asked them to invite us as a speaker. And then mm-hmm. when we got to those BNI groups, we asked them to connect us to other BNI groups so we could be invited there as a speaker. And then at some point, someone at one of those BNI groups invited us to come speak at an event that they were producing for their clients. And then it grew from there, right? But you got the most important thing is finding where it is that your target market or your avatar, we'll call it, where do they spend their time? Where do they like to do business? Where do they like to socialize? Where do they like to network? And then go to those places and don't be afraid to ask for what you need. Hmm. That is so cool. No, don't be afraid to ask. This is a, this is what I'm taking away because this is so important. You know, people don't realize that they need to ask. People, you know, other people don't read your mind and they don't know what you're doing. If you don't ask and tell them what you're doing and what you need, then then you lose out of the opportunities, obviously. You really do. I mean, I'm just, you saying that reminds me of a story. When we were uh, probably in the second year of our business, maybe even in the third year, I'm not exactly sure where it is in the timeline, I had been wanting to participate on one of our colleagues' uh, virtual events. She was doing a virtual uh, live stream. And I'd been wanting to participate with her. I thought her audience would be really, really good for me to get in front of. She has a really big list. She has several hundred thousand people on her marketing list. And her live stream, she was expecting several thousand people to be on live. So I wanted to be on her live stream. And I kept hesitating and asking her. I kept hesitating, hesitating, hesitating. And finally, I asked her if she was looking for anyone who did what I did to be on her live stream with her. And she literally said to me, she's like, I've been so nervous about asking you because I know how busy you are, but I've been thinking about having you guys. I really want you guys. And then being on that live stream, I mean, it produced so much business for us that we otherwise would have never have gotten if I hadn't asked. Because over there in her world, she also wanted to ask me, but had already decided I was too busy to be on. So you've got to got to ask. Wow. That is just amazing. So that's a great example of that you have to, and you must get out of your own way and ask. That's just amazing. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, we are we are talking about speaking to to your your to clients. We're we're talking about speaking to your the audience that you need to um, that you want to reach. And how do I define that? How do we define the audience that we want to reach? Because, you know, somebody once said to me, oh, well, I want to reach everybody. And that's, you know, you know, as well as I do, everybody can be, so I ask them, do you want to reach the garbage man? Do you want, do you want to reach the, the homeless person that's on the street? Is that who you want to talk to? And I'm like, no, 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 you know, and, and they start to rephrase it. So how would you say what is it that they need to ask themselves so that they can pinpoint their reach? Sure. So I think there's actually a process that people have to understand. And I think you said it really well. Like, you can't reach everybody in the beginning anyway. If you want to be the type of person who really is uh, making a difference at a global level and really reaches everybody, you can't start with everybody because your messaging for everybody will have to be so generic that nobody will respond. Mm. That's exactly right. So you have to really nail down your messaging to reach a specific audience because then when the message goes out there into the universe, onto the Internet, into speaking, wherever the message gets broadcast from, um, when the message goes out there, the people who that message is specifically for become your first responders. Mm. So we are about to take our first break. Can you tell people how they can reach you or your company? Sure. You can uh, just really go to our website. It's the best way to reach us. It's uh, www.redelephantinc.com. So it's the word red, the word elephant, and then inc.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook. It's Facebook forward, facebook.com forward slash redelephantinc. And also on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash redelephantinc. So 
You can reach us on social media. You can go to our website. There's plenty of ways to engage us on our website. There's free gifts there if you want to download them. But, uh, yeah, let me not hold up the break, but thank you for letting me uh, say that. All right, and so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back, and we're speaking to Iman Khan from the Red Elephant, Inc. Um, it, we are talking about how to connect, convert, and cash in from the stage, uh, how to earn money and increase your brand through speaking. And Iman has been so generous with his information on why it's important to be speaking, how to get out of your own way where there is fear, and how to uh, – make sure that you are speaking to your niche because you cannot reach everybody, not at the beginning stage anyway. And to get global, you need to identify your niche market first and be sure that when you ask, you ask specifically and have your message um, succinct with what you're wanting to do. So, Iman, again, thank you for being on the show. We're going to continue our our conversation. Let's talk about, okay, so how do I uh, land my first uh, or next speaking gig? Again, it's it's part, it's in part what we've already been talking about. You go out right. and ask for it. In the beginning, and I know you know this really well, Orly, as you start your speaking career, in the beginning, mostly you're not going to get paid for it. Mostly you'll probably do a lot of speaking engagements where uh, – you go as a service on your own dime, on your own time, just to get in front of people. How do right. you get those? Absolutely. And I know you understand this because just the caliber of speaker you are and the fact that you do get paid, you know we all start somewhere, right? So in the beginning mm-hmm. to get started, take any of those gigs. Even if I would say, I know a moment ago I said you got to be really specific about reaching your audience and how to find them. But in the beginning, I'll tell you, I spoke everywhere. I would speak at a gas station if they let me because even – I mean, I really would because even if it wasn't the right audience, I was really interested in the training and I was really interested in developing myself and developing my craft and developing my technique. So even if it was an audience that wasn't necessarily the right audience, if I could go speak there for free and not have to pay something to go speak there, I was there. I would take five-minute speaking opportunities. I would take 10-minute speaking opportunities all the way up to teaching an entire class on something. Wherever I could get in front of people, I did. And I'll tell you, in the beginning, what that looked like is, A, I asked for referrals. Anyone who I could ask to introduce me to someone where I could speak, I asked them. And Mm -hmm. that took something, too, because, as you know, Orly, you have to get over yourself. You have to be like, You have to put your pride aside. You have to put any concerns Mm -hmm. about how you might look aside, and you have to go make the app. And I did that in the beginning. The other thing I really did was I opened the phone book, and I called organizations and uh, groups and said, Mm -hmm. hey, would you like a speaker on this topic? I live on Long Island. I live near Nassau County Community College and Hofstra Mm -hmm. University. I called Mm -hmm. both of them, and I said, hey, would you love to have a speaker on these topics? Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. And I know you get this world because you're an amazing speaker. No, I do, but, I mean, my listeners are, you know, some of them have thought about it, some of them maybe took some some kind of steps, and some of them are still waiting to be perfect at it. So it's good that you're telling them, okay, it doesn't matter where, get over yourself, (laughs) get in front of people, that's what you want to do, and ask for referrals, which is so amazing and so true. And I even remember that I was speaking for free for a long time, before I was paid to speak, and the first time I ever got to speak, I'll never forget it, I was living in Florida, and I had to drive three hours to speak 15 minutes at a uh, Lions Club uh, kind of um, uh, environment, and they only give mm-hmm. you like 18 minutes, and you better be just on the 18 minutes because that bell is going to ring, and they paid you $75. That was my $75 three-hour drive <laughs> to go, three-hour drive to come back. What? I said my first paid uh, speaking gig was $50. Oh, okay, great. So, so you understand. But I, I drove do. three hours, six hours the whole time. So it's like when people say, oh, my God, you went six hours driving? The gas, the $75 didn't even cover the gas in my car, which was a very lucrative car. So a tank of gas was definitely more than that. And uh, I said yeah. yes because I'm so passionate about doing this. You've got to be committed to doing this. This is, you know, something that you have to look at it, even though you're in business and for yourself and you're, you're doing this 
you're doing this for the bigger picture. You're doing this for, for the greater good, and you have to remember that. And if you live with passion and you're doing it with passion, then there is no form of payment that is going to stop you, and even if it's for free. And free actually is basically you and your training because nobody wants to, to practice on a paid audience. You've got to practice no, on No, of course not. No? There you of go. Of course not. And just so, just so they could add one thing to what you said, that sure, bell sure. really will ring at 18 minutes. And if you're not done at 18 minutes, that host yeah. is going to graciously come up on the stage and be like, oh, my God, Orly, I, I'm so sorry. We didn't schedule more time, but we got to move on. You're done after 18 minutes. That's right. That's right. So you've got to be mindful and respectful of others, and that's what you learn. You learn how to tweak your speech. You learn, you learn how to tweak your presentations. Even if you're working in an environment where you're doing sales or presentations, the speaking skills you learn from Red Elephant, um, you, you are going to take with you everywhere. That's what's awesome about it. Absolutely. So, and I, I would say this, too, just orally. I mean, I, I think it's really – I think you said it really well, but it really is about doing what it takes. See, it wasn't convenient for you to drive six hours, speak only for 15 minutes. I mean, I've done things like that, too. Uh, my business partner and my wife, uh, she drove one time five hours all the way to upstate Albany just to speak for about 45 minutes that night and then drove five hours back. There mm-hmm. is an element of being willing to do what it takes, no matter mm-hmm. what the circumstance is. And that's really what developing a speaking career takes. You've got to be willing to do whatever it takes. Correct. And there is room out there. I think that also people are under the impression that there's scarcity. I don't think there's scarcity. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's scarcity at all. I think that's all a mindset. You know what I mean? So if your mindset is that there's not enough opportunities, then what you'll keep running into is a lack of opportunities. If your mindset Mm. is that there's an abundance of opportunities, you'll always find more opportunities and more places to speak. And just the facts of it, aside from the mindset, is corporations, companies, especially like big corporations, they always, 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 including the government, have unutilized budgets at the end of the year that eventually end up getting dumped into something else that those budgets were earmarked for paid speakers or trainers or teachers for their companies. That's right. And they end up not using it and diverting those resources to other places because uh, those speaking opportunities never took place. And this happens every year. That's, that's amazing. And here's another amazing fact that I, uh, that I digged up a, a while back. And it's basically for those of you who are listening to this show and think that there is scarcity or lack of opportunity, like Iman said, there is no lack of opportunity. There are monies out there. And the most important part that you need to also remember is that there are 64,000 events in America per day. Per day. day. We're only talking the United States. 64,000 events a day. So there are no lack of opportunities, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to get out there. Awesome. Now that we're learning all that, um, how do I know? How do I know if I'm ready to speak on a stage? <laughs> that, that's such a good question. I'm so glad. I you know. Asked I love it. that question. It's awesome. <laughs> um, so here's how you know you're ready. Well, let me answer it a different way. Again, it, it goes back to mindset, right? You'll never right. be ready enough for yourself. That's true. Most people will never really get up in the morning. Go look in the mirror and go, today's the day, you're ready. It's just not the way our brains are designed. That's right. Right? Mostly we'll find reasons for why we're not ready. Um, mm. How you know you're ready is you literally make the decision that I'm ready and I'm going to go do it. Because mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is you're not going to be able to perfect and fine-tune and craft your talk in the specific way that your audience needs to hear it until you actually start getting on stages and seeing what works and what doesn't work. You actually Mm -hmm. need to get in front of people and deliver something to see what you're delivering that works, what you're delivering that doesn't work, how the audience responds, what's their physical language like, what's their verbal language like, are there things they find really engaging, are there things that they... Uh, seem to tune out for, you can only discover that once you're on the stage. 
So exactly. no amount of content preparation, no amount of practicing, and you should practice, but no amount of practicing, no amount of anything you do to get ready is going to get you ready the same way walking onto a stage and actually doing it is going to get you ready. That's so true and so amazing. Uh, you know, even if somebody hears this and says, you know what, you're right, I, I heard you before, you know, I've heard this before. The the one thing that I love to repeat is Leo Bascaglia, who is one of the philosophers that I love, love, love. He says, to know enough to do is not to know at all. So it's really oh, great that so everybody, great. I know, just to to know these things, to listen to us. We are here to help you, to help you, the audience, find out how to get past your own uh, limitations. We're speaking to Iman Khan, and he brings his years of experience and event experience, his proven track record and signature seven-phase event system to ensure every speaking gig and event is a success. Using the same system along with his business partner, they've produced their own events, making multiple six-figure paydays. They coach their clients step-by-step from content to marketing plans and delivering offers from the stage. Red Elephant empowers you to make events and speaking a part of your overall marketing strategy, which keep on converting into sales long after the event has ended. And Iman, I'm so glad you're on this show because this is how people need to learn how to earn money and increase their brand through the speaking, and that's what we've been talking about, get out of your way uh, so how can they come to you, and uh, what is it that they need to do to reach out and be a part of your um, Red Elephant and affairs? Sure. I mean, there's a lot of ways people can connect with us. You can connect uh, with us through social media. Again, facebook.com forward slash Red Elephant Inc. Also, same thing for Twitter. The handle is Red Elephant Inc. Our website is redelephantinc.com, so it's the word Red Red the word elephant and then imc.com. You can also just, if you don't want to do all that, send a quick email saying, I'd love to connect. And you can send that to info at redelephantinc.com. We have five full-timers on our staff. We have an amazing staff. Uh, Part of our thing that we value the most is really taking care of any customers, any inquiries, anyone who contacts us. uh, I promise you'll have a great experience and someone will get you the information that you're looking for. And uh, we also host events, I mean, pretty much all over the country. We do more in New York than anywhere else because obviously we live in New York and New York's our home base. But we're, we just got back from an event we did in Atlanta. We have an event in San Diego that we're leading in a few weeks. So keep an eye out. We're probably, if we haven't already visited your city this year, we probably will be coming to your city soon. So there's a, a lot of different touch points where people can play with us. And then finally, if you do visit our website and you choose to uh, share your information with us. Uh, You can also join our newsletter list and stay abreast of when we have virtual events coming up and live events and stay in touch with us that way. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. So for those of you who are just joining us, we are talking to Iman Khan, and he's uh, the founder and president of Red Elephant, Inc., and we have been learning on how to get uh, get over our fear, get over ourselves when we go and speak for free. In the beginning, we just need to go out there and practice our skill and get feedback and learn more about our own talents. Uh, speaking to anybody and everybody, Iman said that he would speak in a gas station if somebody would let him, right? <laughs> and I, I love that one. I really do. I'm going to repeat it. And if you don't mind, I'll quote you. That's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, you can take it. I mean, I really would have, though. That first year of business, it was so critical to be seen. I mean, I I imagine there's so many of your listeners on this call right now, whether they own their own business, whether they work for someone, but they know they have a, a huge amount of talent, a huge amount of gifts that if only more people could find out about, they could make a bigger difference for people. I know there's so many of you listening right now that that's the case for you. And what gives you access to that? Uh, and I'm sure Orly's talked about it before, and she's a really great demonstration of it. The more you're seen, the more you have access to making a difference for people. And that's just the way it is. Absolutely. So we'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. We are talking to Iman Khan. And Iman, I have to share this information with um, our listeners. Uh, Apron is your wife, right? 
Afreen, yeah, she's my wife. Afreen, I'm sorry, I wanted to make sure I, I pronounced it well. I'm it's sorry. okay. So Afreen and Iman Khan have coordinated more than 100 events over the past decade, including affairs for Sir Richard Branson and Nobel Peace Prize winner Mohammed Yunus. Um, is that how you say his name, Yunus? I, I think uh, it's yeah, I, mean, I think it's called it's Eunice, I believe. Eunice, oh Eunice, there you go. For yeah. Asreen and Iman, event planning has evolved from what was once focused on grand Indian weddings into what is now a playground for their greatest passion, empowering entrepreneurs and small business owners to create their legacies. That is their vision for Red Elephant. As Red Elephant, they bust the boundaries of the traditional event. They deliver modern, innovative concepts, working closely with you to, co- to custom design an unforgettable occasion for your guests while supporting and coaching you throughout the planning stages to maximize your ROI, which is all about this show. This show is about maximizing your ROI personally and professionally, and this is why we have created this show to empower you to make sure that you're doing the right thing in your business. So, Iman, again, uh, great information so far. Everybody is inspired now. we got them to get over themselves, to get over their fear, <laughs> and to get out there and speak. So, and, now, and there's no time to be ready. You're ready. When you have a message, you're ready. Just go out there. You learn as you go, and it's okay. The mistakes you'll make are just going to propel you to the next level, right? Absolutely. So, Speaking is overwhelming. So what's the very next action anybody needs to take? Or we did kind of cover it a little bit. Maybe we can elaborate. Sure. So you need to – so wherever you are, you need to kind of look out at your plan. So if I'm someone who's never spoken on a stage before, the next action might be make a phone call, request to go speak on someone's stage. If you're someone who's been speaking on stages for a long time and you deliver really great information, what's the next growth? Is it that you speak on a stage for a longer duration of time or is it that you speak on a stage where you can actually sell your services? And then that's the next action. How do I create an offer that actually converts when I get up on a stage? Wherever you currently are, you don't have to move from your current position to mastery. Most people who are masters, what they'll tell you is that mastery is all about an ongoing process where you're always learning and you're kind of always at the beginning. Most masters are always at the beginning, if you notice. So this isn't about, like, acquiring overnight mastery. It's about looking out at your plan, looking out at what's next, and just taking that one next action. Create a really short-term, small win for yourself. So the experience you start to have regarding your speaking and getting in front of people is an experience of winning. So keep creating that experience of winning, and then that will actually diminish the fears. It will diminish the uh, reluctance, the timid, the tippidness, whatever you call it. That stuff will start going away as you take one action at a time, whatever action that is. That's great. So if that's the case, um, I think that um, I'm sure, not even think, I'm sure that some of the people listening right now are probably thinking in their head, oh, my God, how do I know the content I have is the right content? How do I know that I'm speaking about what I'm supposed to be speaking about? Or how do I know that this is what people want to listen to? Yeah, that's a really great question. Uh, You don't always know that, and you do your best to prepare for it. So if I'm calling someone and requesting a speaking gig, I'll ask them, what would your people most like to hear from me about? Or I'll ask them, what are you teaching about that I can really forward the message are you teaching yeah. about networking, and how can I forward that message for you? Are you teaching about back-of-the-room sales? How can I forward that message for you? What are you teaching about that I can really enhance by speaking to your people? So I always ask whoever the host is what they want me okay. to talk about, and almost always, as you know, Orly, they'll tell you. It would be great if you spoke about this. This is what we're right. going to be covering that day. So they right. will tell you. And then once you go back and you start developing your content for that talk, don't go up there and have that be the first time you're running through that content. You should read it yourself. Find a buddy to deliver it to. Find another buddy to deliver it to. Go get in front of a mirror and watch yourself deliver it. Do the work. Give, do the due diligence of practicing, practicing with yourself, practicing with people before you test it out, brand new on an audience. 
Absolutely. That is so true. So if somebody is planning to host their own event, how mm-hmm. much lead time do you think they should have? Uh, if you're doing a one-day event, I would give yourself at least four to six months. And if you're doing a multiple-day event, like if you're doing a three-day event because you're selling a higher-ticket item, I would give yourself at least six months, preferably closer to a year. Um, part of this is because of just what it takes to pull together an event. And it really is like adding a whole other job on your lines. So if you can space it out over time, you can actually do it in ways and in increments that are really digestible. The other part and the more important part, I would say, is really you and I both know, Orly, you can pull an event together in a week if you need to, logistically. But the part that's more important and the part that people always miss the mark on, say you're doing a one-day event and you do give yourself six months, it gives you sufficient time to do the right marketing both before and after people enroll or register to come to your event to actually condition them to be at the event properly and for you to make the biggest ROI. So someone who registers uh, the day before your event because you put a sales page up two weeks before your event does not have the same conditioning and has not been exposed to the same kind of marketing from you as if you registered them three months before the event and then they saw your emails. They got the notifications about what's going to take place at the event. They understand who's coming to the event. They understand the structure of the event. That's a completely different prospect than someone who registers the night before. Hmm. That is so true. And in New York, we all know that. We're going to promote for six months and they still sign up the last day. Yeah, but at least that – absolutely, that's true. You're actually really right. That's a very uh, New York-specific phenomenon. We actually – we experience it a little bit in L.A., but everywhere else we do events in the country, people register pretty early. Like once they see it, they'll actually commit early on. But even in New York when you do that, when we're marketing an event in New York – like we have an event tomorrow. I'll just give you an example. Uh, Our event tomorrow, we've been marketing for two and a half months because it's a one-day event. However, most of the registrations happen in the last 10 days. That's right. That's right. However, we do our marketing for those two and a half months. Our messaging is created like they're already registered because we know they're going to register last minute. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's what the lead time gives you the access to. It gives you access to doing the right marketing to ensure your return. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So important. So important. Before really or after, important. you got to be prepared. So what is the benefit? Well, it's really important because you got to make money, early. I mean, yes, I know. It's, it's not about money necessarily, but as my mentor says, and as we all know, money touches everything that's important. That's right. That's very right. I'm going to quote that too. That's very right. Not only that, money is energy. If you think that, you know, you're not supposed to be making money or you have this guilt relationship with money, you need to really work on that and really get over it because money, you know, is necessary. It is not the the, the means to the end. It is, uh, you know, a process and you've got to take the energy and, and, and transport and, and what do you got and make sure Absolutely. that it's circulating. Circulate yeah. the energy. So yeah, I am... There's too much morality around money. Money is just a currency we're we're using to assign value to different things in our society today. And because we live in a society, we need to be able to do that. And that's all money is. Yes. I uh, I once made a joke about sending – we have Con Edison here in New York for our electrical bills. and uh, (laughs) and, and, Yeah, right. And and, uh, I, I, I make a joke about sending a can of peas to Con Edison to pay for my bill, but they sent those peas back because yeah. I still need to send money. And unfortunately, that's why we, you know, and like you said, it's our society. We have to put value on certain things. And uh, it, it so happens that you got to put value on knowledge, on your knowledge, on your effort. There is nothing wrong with asking for it. If you work on a job or if you're working for clients, I'm sure you don't work for free either. You get paid, and that's just the exchange of energy that proves the value that you bring. And same thing goes for your events, and same thing goes for your speaking. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, just to give it one more piece of context, 
before there was money, there was an exchange of services. There was an exchange Carter. of goods. There was an exchange yeah. of products. There was an exchange of food. But there's always been value assigned to different things throughout history mm-hmm. before there's been such a thing as paper currency or coin currency, and people have always been doing this. It's not new. Right, and I'm so glad we touched on that. That's very important. Um, so what's the benefit of doing your own event versus speaking on someone else's stage? Uh, I love just, that, by the way. It, good. The, well, I'm going to tell you, it's simply that if you speak on someone else's stage, even if they give you an hour, you've got an hour to connect with them, and then you've got to do whatever follow-up processes you have um, in order to have them become clients or have them become people who follow you or pay attention to you. And that's really appropriate because you can't do an event every day of the year. However, when you do do an event for people who do events, one thing that they'll tell you is there's nothing like having the attention of 50, 60, 100, 200 people for an extended period of time because essentially when you can hold people's attention for that long, there's nothing that you can't do with them. They'll find out exactly who you are. They'll find out why you are who you are. They'll find out about your services. They'll find out you have complete control over the environment when it's your event, and you can put whatever information, services, offerings, opportunities in front of them that you want to. When you're on someone else's stage, they have control, and that event is really to serve them. It's Ultimately, even though you might be speaking there, even though you might be participating, you have to remember whose show it is. And whoever's putting on the event is putting on that event to forward their agenda first and foremost, Mm. which is appropriate and what they should be doing. But that's what you get uh, the opportunity of doing when you host your own event is really having it be about what you want to see happen. You know, before we continue, because we're about to go on our third break, imagine that the hour is going by so fast. I could talk to I you know. for the whole day. You know, it's just amazing. Uh, Me too. I, I love talking to you. <laughs> on, on some of our shows, I, I, you know, most of my shows, I, I have such amazing people on there that I want to spend the whole day talking to them. And the, the hour goes by so fast, I look at the clock, and I'm already almost at my third uh, break. What I wanted to ask you is maybe to share a little bit about, you know, because you guys have the training for speakers and so on, and I want you, you know, we have a couple minutes uh, before the break. Why don't we talk about that before we continue on what's my agenda to ask you, and then we can come back after the break and continue the conversation. But I think it's important for people to know that you have that service and that if they come to you that they have somewhere to go now. They have a tool basically in their pocket that we're giving them so that they can reach you. So can you talk about it? Sure. Sure. Thank you so much for letting me talk about it, and I'll be really fast about it. Essentially, you know, as Orly said, we started an events company, and what was happening was a lot of people were coming to us and saying, I want to do an event, I want to do an event, because they see the power of events. But what kept happening, Orly, was that when we would look at their businesses, um, more people we would see, either they weren't ready to be in front of people or their businesses weren't ready to handle the impact of doing a live event. So Afreen and I, after like a year of study of all of our private clients and uh, what really made those events successful and how people really monetize, we developed a program that it's, it's been immensely successful. Uh, we've filled the program every time we've run it. In fact, overfilled it, overfilled it. And we, to date, we've trained several hundred people in how to be people who can speak from the stage and do live events and profit from the stage and do offers that convert, convert whether you're doing a free offer, whether you're doing a high-ticket offer. doesn't really matter. Our process and our systems that we've developed in this program has anyone be able to convert. I mean, I had a client recently who had been doing events for five years, and just in her first event with us, had a 700% increase in revenue over any of the previous five years. Our system is that tested and true. And it's a big part of why we lead our own events. It's because we like to walk our talk and we like to test out what's happening in the market and how people yeah. are buying. So when we're training our clients, it's always up-to-date information and relevant to what's happening in the market at that time. Um, the name of that program is Flight Club. Again, you can find out about it on our website, redelephantinc.com, or you can also go to flightclub.redelephantinc.com. Either of those places have plenty of information about it. And thank you for letting me share about it because it is a 
for me, it's our best work that we do. Absolutely. So we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. This is it. This is the last quarter of the show. I can't believe it. Anyways, we are talking to Iman Khan. For those of you who are just coming in, uh, Iman's business is to do events. He has produced, him and his wife, Afreen, have been producing more than 100 events in the past decades, including affairs for Sir Richard Branson and Nobel Peace Prize winner uh, Mohammed Yunus, um, Yunus, sorry, for Afreen and Iman, event planning has evolved from what was once a focus on grand Indian weddings into what is now a playground for their greatest passion, empowering entrepreneurs and small business owners to create their legacies. That is their vision for Red Elephant. I think it's amazing. Iman, thank you so much for being on the show again. I know that I keep on thanking you, but it's just uh, I'm I'm such a grateful person that I'm grateful for everything around me, and I just speak from the heart, so I might repeat myself. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you thanking me because for me it's like I keep – every time you thank me, I'm like, why is she thanking me? I should be thanking her for giving me this (laughs) platform and inviting me on. So thank you also. Well, you know, it's it's I think I'm I'm more saying, you know, thank you for being also a part of my world because I believe that people come into your life for a reason, a season or life. And so yep. it's so I just appreciate it and, and, and don't take anyone for granted. Um Thank you. One of the things that we, we talked about, you know, uh making our own events versus speaking on someone else's stage and uh and getting our content, getting to speak, getting ready all that good stuff that is very important uh, in in getting our message out there and just getting over ourselves, over our fears, and just continuing on, pressing on, because we have to think about it as the bigger picture. Uh, Let's talk about some of the challenges. So uh, there's two questions I have. They're pretty much connected. For me, they're connected, so I'm going to ask them, and then you can elaborate. One is, what are some of the biggest challenges speakers face today, and what are the three most common mistakes speakers do make? So I think they are connected a little bit, and you tell me maybe I'm wrong. Let's go ahead. No, they are connected. I'm actually going to start with the mistakes, and then it'll actually make more sense about how they're connected. So I would oh. say the biggest mistakes speakers make is that, A, they don't prepare. They think that they know their stuff so well, which they do, but they don't prepare for delivering it in the new way that they're going to deliver it. So, you know, if you read any of any of the big thought leaders out there, one of the people I've read in the past is Malcolm Gladwell, and he always says that you've got to put in your 10,000 hours. It takes 10,000 hours to achieve mastery in something. And while you're masterful at your gifts and you're talented at what you do, you've got to put in your hours also in speaking. And we pretty much train all of our clients that pretty much for one, every minute they're going to be on stage, they should have about an hour of preparation. And people don't prepare like that. Mm-hmm. The, the second biggest mistake people make is they don't know their numbers. So they don't know how to really assess how they're doing. So they'll go into a room and they'll, there will be 100 people in the room, and maybe 10 people will take advantage of connecting with them or buying something from them, which for a first speaking gig in a new room, it's actually a decent conversion, 10%. It's fine. It's not the best, but it's also not bad. But they'll, what they'll do is they'll say, hey, I, I didn't see people running to the back of the room and fighting over each other at the registration table like I see at other events. So they'll consider that a failure. I mean, I had a client just recently do a one-day where at her one-day event she made over $80,000. Because people didn't run to the back of the room and stampede over each other, she just in her mind had convinced herself it wasn't successful. So you've got to know your numbers and you've got to know your conversions to be able to actually track how you're performing. So know your numbers. And then the third biggest mistake, I would say, is people don't follow up. Mm. On average, in our, uh, in our culture, it's said that most people purchase anything they purchase between the 10th and 12th touch point with a business or a person. Mm. So most speakers will get up in front of a room and they'll go do their talk and they'll get all these leads and they'll maybe follow up once. If they're really good, maybe they'll follow up a second or a third time. 
Mm. However, we already know that people aren't really engaging until the tenth or the between the tenth and the twelfth touch point. So they don't follow up. They don't follow up again according to the numbers required, according to the conversions of follow up. So then mm. their experience becomes that they didn't do a good job because people haven't responded. When in reality, they haven't done sufficient follow-up work to even know if they've done a good job or not. So you have to do the follow-up work. So now I'm going to answer your first question, which is what are the biggest challenges? So, And you'll see how they're related. So the biggest challenges are scheduling yourself to practice. People really will get so distracted by everything that's happening in their business. And we know how that is. You and I both know how that is. You, I, I mean, I think what, part of what your listeners didn't hear today uh, is I was telling Orly before we started how busy and backed up I've been. I wasn't even able to text her back this morning when she texted me. So we all get sidetracked. We all get busy. But you just have to buckle down and schedule the time to make sure you prepare. Mm. That will be a challenge for you if you're just starting out is doing the appropriate amount of scheduling to prepare. And then the second challenge is uh, knowing what to offer. So I just a moment ago said a pitfall is tracking your conversion. Knowing what to offer is a challenge you're going to face. Again, this is something that you have to practice on people. You have to survey people. You have to go out and get a test group together and say, hey, I want to practice this on you. What do you think if I were to offer this? Is this something you'd want to buy? And make sure the people in your test group are not your four best friends, but your four friends who will tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then finally, again, the biggest challenge is, and we've talked about getting over ourselves on the call right early, but when you're yep. doing the kind of follow-up that actually turns into business for your business, again, you've got to get over yourself. Most people, after that first or second email or phone call, don't want to reach out again. They don't want to bother people. They don't want to be those people that do crazy amounts of follow-up, or they don't want to seem salesy. They don't want to seem aggressive. There's all these concerns they have about why they don't want to do the sufficient follow-up. But you've got to be able to move past it and serve people in the way they want to be served. And we know from the market the way people want to be served right now is they need to have 10 to 12 touch points before they will engage with you and say yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, they really are connected, aren't they? Like this is exactly what I'm learning. Uh, so the three biggest mistakes is that they don't prepare, they don't know their numbers, uh, especially of conversion. So if, because you know what, I also feel that they don't know, they don't treat this as a business. Some some speakers don't treat their speaking business as a business, and it's yeah. what number one mistake. You know, it's like uh, it's like that thing about you know if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Well, mm-hmm. it, that that comes from that. I think this is exactly you know what we are uh, trying to convey to people, or doing, or conveying to people is you got to prepare, you got to know your numbers, and you got to follow up. You gotta. It's just uh, you know if you don't do those three things. Yes, those are mistakes. If you don't do them, don't ask yourself why you're not getting the results that you want either. And I think that earlier on you mentioned educate yourself. So exactly why you have that, um, I'm sorry, that program for for training speakers, and that is so important, and that's why you created it. It's, It's being out there, what's out there, and that people are not prepared, not following up, not doing what they're supposed to, and then expecting you to just give it to them. It's really a, a great um, a great concept that you created to help Thank them you. out. And Thank the challenges are, of course, you, the challenges were to schedule practice time because nobody's going to give it to you, and I feel that, that that relates to the mistake I spoke about earlier on is to practice in front of a paying audience. You will never be called back to speak if somebody paid you and you're just practicing. It shows. Whether you think you know it or not, it shows. That's a given. Yeah, yeah you've got to um, remember, these are people who hire people to speak for a living. They do this all the time. They know exactly when you've prepared and when you have it. Absolutely. And they know if you're reciting or if you're reading. It's just they know. They know if you're mm-hmm. reading it in your brain or if you're reciting it like if it's uh, a recital. It's just or in oratory uh, – comp- I used to be in oratory competitions, and 
I I learned from God that I'm not supposed to read. <laughs> um, knowing what to offer, you know, that you need to do your homework. You need to prepare for that. So that's also the other mistake. And the last mistake is get over yourself. I love that. I'm, you know what I love about my show is everybody can just be real. And I am I'm as real as they get as well. And I love the fact that I can tell you, uh, my audience, to get over yourself. You know, you're not that great, you're not that good, you're not that worth it. You've got to prove yourself, so you've got to know to follow up and do the work and treat this as a business. And I used to jokingly say to people, oh, that say to me, oh, I don't like to sound pushy. Listen, only pushy people can be pushy. You're not pushy. Don't worry about it. Don't Absolutely. worry about being pushy or salesy. You're not. Get over it. <laughs> I love that part, get over it. Um, yeah. And it really is, and it's not to, like, diminish anything. Like, we all know you're incredibly talented at what you do, but it's really, like, if people don't find that out, it doesn't matter how talented you are. Right. Absolutely. And and it's so important to know that. Can you repeat that? Yeah, it doesn't matter how talented or amazing you are at what you do if nobody knows that you're talented, if nobody can find out that you are. And how they're going to follow up is – you really do have to move past whatever you have to move past and do the work to follow up and do the work to be seen. Most sales, this is just a side fact, most sales are left on the table in the follow-up process. A majority of people purchase in the follow-up process and a majority of sales are left on the table in that same process by people who don't do the follow-up work. That's true. That's very true. We're coming to the end of our show, so I'm going, to ask, I'm going to ask you my first ever question on the show, which I said I will come back to, and that is how can I make five- and six-figure paydays through speaking and live events? Yeah, so I, I would recommend, if you're listening to this call today and that's something you really want to do, the best way, I think, to get invited on the stages where you'll actually be paid five figures is to start doing your own event. It doesn't have to start big. You can literally have five people over to your house in your living room for talk to them. Tell them what you do. After that, invite them to invite their friends back next time. Next time, have 15 people in a room and make an offer that people want to buy. And then from there, you can do a whole one-day event. At a one-day event, we've had clients make over $100,000 at a one-day event. That's literally getting up in front of people, teaching them something for four or five hours, and then offering them a service which they need. And if you just do the math, if you offer a $5,000 service and 20 people out of 60 people buy it, you just made $100,000 at a one-day event. Absolutely. That is so amazing. Just do the work, put in the time, do what it takes, and get in front of people. And you'll turn uh, – listen, we literally, when we did our first one-day event, we filled that event in a month. We got 75 people to that first one-day event we did. We did it all in under a month. And from that first one-day event, we made $75,000. It changed the course of our business. We went from Absolutely. a str struggling little business into, okay, now we knew that speaking in live events really were the access to playing with the big players. It completely changed the course of our business. Absolutely. Iman, I want to thank you for being on the show today. I want to thank our listeners for being, for you know, listening in, and they'll be able to actually re-listen to this recording so many times. I am really appreciative of all the content you gave us, and thank you for sharing your knowledge. Uh, can we tell our people how to reach you really quickly? Because we really have like thirty seconds on how to reach you. Can you just repeat your 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 um, website? Yeah, it's redelephantinc.com. Again, the word red, the word elephant, and then inc.com, or send an email to info at redelephantinc.com. Orly, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for our listeners. And remember to tune in every week on Saturday at 8 p.m. Our show is live with Orly's Business Power Hour. Remember that if you're having a bad day, change it. And if you're having a great day, share it. I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.